turn to 2 Kings. Six. We're going to talk about the fight of your life. So while you're turning there, has anybody in here to, today would be willing to repent and raise your hand and say that you've actually been in a physical fight with your fist? Raise your hand. Golly, I knew y'all. The mask's rode. Why am I surprised? You just sometimes have to fight. Well, the fight that I'm talking about, I wish sometimes that I could take this fight and go physical with it. See, I told you. I'm going to have to get rid of that one. Y'all didn't believe me. Let's just pray. Father, we come to you knowing You already know, Lord, that somebody needs to hear today. And it could be the very thing that will wake them up in in a downhill spiral, in a downhill spin. Help us, Lord, to work through these sound issues. Bless this message. Anoint it so that we can hear from it. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll walk slow. First King six. Uh, second King six, sorry. Look at verse fifteen. Now I know you that have the King James Version just drives you crazy when I read out of the New Living Translation, but listen anyway. When the servant of the man of God, who was Elisha, got up in the morning, got up early, when he went outside, there were troops, horses, chariots everywhere. Now, what's this suggest? This suggests that Elisha and his servant woke up on a day of a fight. What did Elijah say? As the servant cried unto the Lord, what are we going to do now? He cried out to Elisha, don't be afraid. Elisha then told him, there are more on our side than on their side. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open their eyes so they might see. Open their eyes that they might see. The Lord opened his servant's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw on the hillside, I might go to plan C, check, 
he went on, he saw on the hillside chariots, soldiers. He couldn't see them before. But Elijah prayed, let my servant see. Let him see it. And when the father opened his eyes, he saw an angelic army. And the reply was, there were more on God's side in protection than on the enemy's side to fight. Let me tell you what Satan is doing to some of you today. He has you thinking that God doesn't know what's going on in your life. He has you thinking that Satan is much more powerful than God is. And let me tell you what Satan's up to. Now, this being February the 12th before the 14th, and the last normally to know when there's problems in the home, that's right. The last one to know is us. A lot of times the wives will never tell their husbands, our love is fading. Our partnership needs strengthening. I'm not happy in this marriage. And if that were not the soul, we would not be at a record-setting rate of divorces today. just wouldn't be that way. And you know where, somewhere in the, that the percentages are 50-50. You get married and you're so happy and you spend $50,000 on the wedding and thinking that that's going to make you happy. In a year's time, you wished you had it back and saved your money. That describes 50% of those who get married today. Satan don't want you and me married. He don't. He wants the family units busted up. He wants pain and suffering brought in our lives. But know this, for you that are believers, there's an angelic host overlooking you. Hebrews chapter 12 or 13 verse 2 said, Some have entertained angels in an unawares. What does that mean? It means that sometimes you are and I are unaware when we are actually, we have angels over us. We have angels watching us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. But sometimes because of the fight, we can't see. We're blind. Elijah said, let my servant be able to see. Turn to Ephesians 6. Verse 10. A final word. Be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. 
For we're not fighting against people with, and made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against the wicked spirits in heavenly realms. I wish when I was in high school I understood that. Because Satan used me in all kind of wicked ways when I was in high school. But, you know, I was in church every Sunday. I even went to Wednesday night. But I was unashamed what I did and allowed myself to get involved in as a teenager. I had a, a very unwise man tell me one time, preacher, don't worry about not He didn't say preacher because I was just a 15, 16-year-old kid. He said, don't worry what you do sexually. Don't worry what you do out there. Go, go sow your wild oats. Have a good time. Because when you get older, now that I'm older, there's a lot of that junk I wished I hadn't have done. I didn't realize the mind was a tape recorder. I didn't realize that the enemy will use your mind until you die. If you let him. And it's easier to fill it full of junk than it is to remove it when it takes place. Especially when you get older and you want to live godly. How does he do that? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, I, we, verse 3, are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We use God's mighty weapons, not merely weapons, worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. And with these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and teach them to obey Christ. (laughs) Where do these ungodly thoughts come from? Everybody in here has them. Where do they come from? Let me tell you this. They don't come. From the crowd that God opened the eyes up of the servant of Elisha. They don't come from heaven. They come from our enemy. Satan don't care anything about our teenagers. He doesn't care anything about our kids. He doesn't care anything about your marriage. He doesn't care anything about your job. And yet you give him so much leadway in your own life. Rather than entertaining angels unaware, you entertain the evil thoughts that Satan sends our way. And we think that won't hurt us. A true story about a football player. When he graduated from college, he decided he would help out a coach and become a scout. And he went to this coach and he said, 
I'll help you find some. I'll help you find players. Let me go out and, and, and scout for you. He said, okay. He said, well, what kind are you looking for, coach? He said, well, the kind of guy that we're looking for is not the guy you knock down and stays down. He said, oh, I agree with you, coach. You don't need him. Well, then there's a, a player out there that you'll find that they knock him down and he gets up, but then when he gets knocked down the second time, he stays down. He said, yeah, coach, we don't want them either, do we? Nope. He went on to say, he said, son, there's a players out there. They get knocked down, they get up. They get knocked down, they get up. They get knocked down, they get up. He said, that's the kind you want, isn't it, coach? He said, nope, it's not. I want the one that's knocking everybody down. Now, the fact of it is, when you and I prepare for spiritual fight, a, a spiritual battle, if you're not careful, you're going to get the daylights beat out of you. Because we have to be prepared. And one of those means of preparation is to understand that there's a spiritual fight going on. There was a fellow who just had too much to drink one night, and he was driving the wrong way on a one-way street, and the police stopped him and said, Hey, buddy, didn't you see the arrows? He said, Man, I didn't even see the Indians. He was pretty wasted. You see, some of us have just missed the warfare that goes on when God's people are in his church doing his work, working for him, wanting to accomplish and, and win people to Christ and, and see people discipled and see people brought together in the fellowship of love. But too often they're fighting as blindfolded soldiers who cannot see the forces ranged against them, who are buffeted by invisible opponents and respond by whipping up on one another. We just fight what we can't see. Beat up on the people that are wanting to help us. How many of you kids last week mouthed off to your teen, uh, mouthed off because you didn't like what your mom and dad said? They told you exactly where they wanted to be, but you said, you know what, I don't want. Let me tell you something, that, that is rebellion. And that don't come from heaven. That comes from hell. It took me a long time to realize when my dad didn't agree with me, he was right. He was right. When my mama didn't agree with me, she was right. Well, Mike, did you pop your mouth off? Yep, and I got popped back too. I want to share with you a few things. One has to do with battle facts. Sometimes we just need some facts about the battle. During the war between the states, a Union soldier from Ohio was shot in the arm. And during the battle, it was during the Battle of Shiloh, and his captain saw he was wounded, and, and he barked an order. He said, give me a gun, private. Go to the back of the lines. Take it easy. Go to the rear of the battle. 
After going and covering back north, he saw that there was no safety. He went south or, or went east, and he said, man, there's, there's the battle. He went west, and the battle was even raging more. And finally, he ran back to his captain. He said, give me my gun back. There ain't no rear in this battle. There is no rear in the battle of the believer. As a matter of fact, when Satan gets after you, if you'll read in Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, and we might hopefully get to it, talk about the spiritual armor, there is no protection for the back. You ever notice that? There is none. Why? Because God doesn't want us going backwards. We're to be on the offense going forward. You see, when it comes to the battle fact number one, you and I have strength because of one person. And his name is Jesus. And the Bible says that we are to be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. It didn't say our might. It didn't say our strength. It didn't say our ability to fight. It didn't say our ability to keep our marriage together. You don't have that ability. Most of you men have the ability to run your wife off, not keep her. Because you and I, if we're operating on our own strength, we're selfish. We just think about us. Well, how do you go about receiving this power with, in our personal walk with Jesus? The same way we do when we ask Jesus to forgive our sins. We get it the same way we are given his righteousness. We get this power the same way that we're saved. We get it by simply trusting in Jesus and not ourselves. If we try to stand against Satan, his forces will whip your tail. Don't you think he's not powerful? But understand this. We're not working to be victorious. We're working and fighting because we are victorious. In who? In Jesus. Jesus has already won this war. But it's the battles that we're facing each and every day that are kicking us. It's our own weaknesses when we do not place our faith in Jesus alone. That's ripping us up. Then there's the godly protection. The the armor I told you about. God's armor. A tiger met a lion as they sat beside a pool. Said the tiger to the lion, why are you roaring like a fool? That's not foolish, said the lion with a twinkle in his eyes. They call me the king of all beasts because I advertise. A rabbit heard them talking, ran on like a streak. He thought he'd try the lion's plan, but his roar was just nothing other than a a squeak. A fox came by to investigate, had his lunch right there in the woods. And so, my friend, when you advertise... You better be sure you've got the goods. With a broken heart, I remember 
walking and meeting a couple that, honest to God, I looked up to him. I thought he had it all worked out. Man, he was the first one to get a job in school working with youth with one of the professors as the pastor. I thought, how lucky. He got his degree, went on to, and had the highest grade average, point average in our school. Went on to Southwestern, got his doctor's degree. Today, he's been married, I think it's five or six times. And you've heard me tell this story before. He's ridden with the outlaws almost three years. If you know anything about the outlaws, you know what he had to do to be one. He walked in my office a couple of years back. It's been several years. And he, he came in and he said, you know what? I don't have to put up with and I can't use the rest of the words he said. I don't have to put up with that junk like you do. I'm free. I said, no, sir. You're not free. You gave in to the enemy. He used to advertise, preach the gospel, win people to Christ, pray for the sick, and now he fights on the weekend. But it's a different kind of fight. I can't use the words that he uses of the type bars that he goes to, but some of you men know what I'm talking about. One on Friday night, one on Saturday night. And he thinks that he's having the time of his life. You, you, you really try to convince to me that Satan is not after those who are standing up for Christ? Do you really think that this is a fairground? Do you think this is a playground? Do you not really understand that we are involved in a battleground? And Satan wants these kids. He wants your spouses. He wants everything that he can get. His, his job is to capture your mind, to control your mind, and to contaminate your mind. That's what Satan wants. And the sad thing about it is that some of us are giving in. Some that are here today. You're not a bad person. Jesus loves you. You just ain't doing so good at home. Maybe some of you husbands thinks everything is all right. Well, I challenge you to go home and if you really want to know and you really feel like you're a man, you know what I'm talking about? A man? Ask your wife. And if she don't lie, she'll tell you just how great it is. At the house. Some of us won't be like Tarzan on the vine on that one. Swinging. There ain't much swinging going on anymore. And you're on the verge of letting Satan implant things in your mind like, man, this, this woman over here, she at least takes care of my needs. She at least thinks I'm important. Don't you tell me 
that Satan's not doing that because he is. And he's doing your wives the same way. Yes, we've been given equipment. But all too often, if we're not careful, we are spiritually becoming wiped out. Well, let's look a minute at some battle foes in Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What is that? What are the wiles of the enemy? It's the trickery. It's, it's his strategy. It, it's, it's his ability to take you and me and blind us by the evil nature of hell. Y'all have heard the illustration, I'm sure, where the teenager wanted to go see a, a PG-13 movie. Y'all remember hearing that? I've told this several times. But anyway, went into the, went into the kitchen and said, can, can I go, Mama? Can I? Well, she, she, she said, but that's a PG-13. That's got some cussing in it. That's got, that's got a little overtones, sexual. Oh, th- th- but, Mama, it's just a little bit. So all of a sudden, she decided she was going to make her favorite cookies. And she called her in the, office, or in the kitchen, and she said, I want you to see this. and I'm going to make your favorite sugar cookies. And, man, she, she, she was looking at that, and she said, I can't believe Mama's going to do this for me. And, and all of a sudden, she picked up something that didn't look right. She said, Mama, what is that? She said, that's a little dog poop. What you going to do with that dog poop? I'm going to put a little bit in the cookies. And so she took that poop and she mixed it up in that batter and she cooked it up. And, I mean, she, those cookies looked good. And, I mean, they were, they, they were great. And she set them right from her daughter. And she said, now, here, ha- help yourself, your favorite cookie. She said, I ain't eating none of them things. Well, why not? Mama, it got dog poop in it. She said, but it's just a little poop. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that you put it on the right foot and a little poop is a whole lot of poop. You see, Satan will say, man, it, it's, not, it's not bad to see these things. It's not bad to, to do this. It's not bad to drink just a little bit. It's not bad to, it's not bad to smoke just a little reefer. It's not bad just to go, go do, do a little bit of meth. It's not, holy moly, what's wrong with you? It's, a, it's not a little poop. It's a big wad when you go and mess into that kind of stuff. And you don't think Satan's not putting that in your head? I know he is. You see, the wiles are the strategies and the tricks of the enemy to convince us that, hey, guess what? There ain't really anything bad with that. And some of us, we get, we get really high, pious, and spiritual, you know. We get to think that we know something. Some ladies had a gathering at the church and it was a it was a bring your own kind of thought like last night when melvin's class and um and the seniors class got together and they they had a bring your own stuff and it i mean it was a good thing if you didn't come you should have been there 
But this one person brought some stuff, and this high and mighty spiritual woman came up and said, well, what did you bring to the dinner? She said, I brought some deviled eggs. Oh, glory. Rebuke them in Jesus' name. Every one of them. Rebuke them. Rebuke them. I'm sure that woman looked at her and said, well, you know what? I can bind them all day long if you want me to, but they're still disdeviled eggs. Now, I want to give the devil his due, but I don't want to give the devil the whole farm. If you're going to get mad at the, at, the, at the deviled eggs, then how about let's rebuke the chicken? Let's rebuke whoever come up with a goofy idea of putting mustard and mayonnaise and pickle in, a, in something like that, making a devil egg in the first place. Now, isn't it amazing how we'll get so tangent-driven, but let Satan beat us to a pulp with our mind, our mouth, and our marriages. Satan's pretty... Highly organized kind of dude. Who do you think is against prayer in schools? Is, is it is it y'all? Are y'all against taking the Bible out of the public school? Are you against the Ten Commandments hanging on our courthouse walls? Is it you? Uh, are you against taking Christ out of Christmas and plastering Happy Holiday? Is that you? No, that ain't you. Same smarter than that. But yet we let it go by. We let, we just let things just roll over us. The pri- there was a prize fighter whose opponent was beating him half to death during a fight. And every time he went to the corner, his manager would say, Go get him, Tiger. He ain't laid a hand on you yet. Well, about the third time, third in the ring, his eyes were beaten swollen shut. His ears were beaten till he couldn't hear anymore. His lip was split wide open. And all of a sudden, his, his manager said, Go get him, Tiger. He ain't laid a hand on you yet. He looked at him and he said, he said, I want you to keep an eye on the referee because right now somebody is beating the daylights out of me if it ain't him. You see, Satan and all of his demonic forces and all of those that he has coming against us has one goal, to beat the living daylights out. And he don't mind starting small with a little poop. All I know is it gets bigger if you don't put a stop to it. You see, some of you are sitting here right now, and you're listening to me, and you go, but that preacher has lost his cotton-picking mind. And Well, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you what I think about you that think I've lost my cotton-picking mind. You can't see. 
You can't see the bullets whizzing by your ear right now. You can't hear the bombs exploding over your head. You can't see the real war that, that's going on in your life and, and the fight that's going on in your home. And you, you can't see your marriage falling apart. You can't see the fact that your Christian children are rebelling against you and you're doing nothing. You better wake up. Because Satan don't play. He'll beat you half to death. And then thirdly, or the battlefield. Where does all of this take place? I hate to say this because it's going to bring back all of the old feelings we had from last weekend. But the old football footage or adage says this. The team that controls the line of scrimmage usually wins the game. The team that controls the line of scrimmage is usually the team that wins the game. Listen to me. The Falcons did good on the first half, but they lost control of the second. Man, we can blame it on everything we want to. They just lost. The score had them down. Now, let me tell you something. In my mind, they won, but they didn't win. They didn't get the number one Super Bowl winning ring that they won. You see, many of us here this morning, we don't realize that the mind is the line of scrimmage. And he who controls the mind wins the game. Second Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says that the enemy wants to take you and I down. And here's how he does it, through strongholds. The word stronghold means mighty fortress. What Satan will do with whatever it is that is standing in our way that we know it's wrong, we're, we're, do, we're fighting against it, we know it ain't, we, we're asking God to help give us victory over it. Whatever it is, Satan wants to take that. And if he can get an edge into your mind, he can get a stronghold. The Bible says then he gets a foothold in your life and he will then begin to control the line of scrimmage. And this was written to believers, not unbelievers. This is written to Christians. The battlefield is your mind. You're winning and losing right here. It's a choice. When you're by yourself in a motel room, you have a choice that you make. Am I going to look at something graphic that feeds my flesh? Or am I going to say no? If I'm an addict and I go to the refrigerator and there's a beer there, I have a choice to make. Am I going to remain free or am I going to take that and cave? Because it only takes a little bit. For someone that's done messed up their head, their brain. When you guys are out dating, 
course, some of you go, Dayton, I can't even talk to the boy on the phone. Good. And you girls, don't you call no boys. That ain't right. Now look at them laugh at me. It's because every one of them call them boys. You know, that's just the way it got to be. When my grew up, girls didn't call boys. Is that the way it was with you? They say amen. Man, guys get the wrong odd now when you go calling. Let me tell you something. You don't wait until your life is somewhere it doesn't need to be vulnerable with somebody that you may care a whole lot about to finally say, no, I'm going to stop. Forget it. You won't. You see, God didn't, Satan didn't design it that way. Satan wants to put you in vulnerable positions to where, guess what? You will cave, and you will cave, and some of you will be, you will face this, you'll face the pain of it the rest of your life. You say, well, God will forgive you. Yeah, he'll forgive you. But why put yourself in that kind of predicament? Over flesh. Over flesh. It ain't worth it. It just ain't worth it. And some of us are sitting here knowing it ain't worth it because we got married. And you were Mr. Stud when you were 15. Now you, you ain't much more than a broken down old mule. And don't blame it on you got married. You don't think Satan don't know all this stuff. You don't think that he isn't doing all these things? Sure he is. Now, we can either let him or we can say, Bye, George, I'm going to stay free. Because there's nothing but bondage when you cave to a flesh that produces a stronghold. And in that stronghold, Satan builds a mighty fortress. And then it takes you and all the angelic forces to bring that sucker down. you got to remove that territory, Ephesians 4, 27 then. You've got to stand up and then be the man and say, no, I'm removing the territory that I gave over to the enemy. And I'm going to take a stand. And Satan's going to bring everything he's got at you to challenge that. Why? Because you caved. He knows now in your flesh you like it. But remember, there is no flesh and blood going to heaven. Only the new man. Only the inner man. Our bodies are going to rot until the resurrection. And then those who are in Jesus will get a new body. With your head bowed and your eye closed, Father.